Well, today is the last message in the series, One Thing, or Another One Thing, or we might call today's message a final one thing. Five times in the New Testament, the Bible gives us that phrase, one thing, and so that's what we've been looking at uh, throughout this series. uh, The first message we looked at, One Thing You Lack, it was Mark chapter 10, Mary and Martha, and we ask in that, in, that ser- or in that message, what's the one thing getting in the way of you completely following Jesus? And then one thing is important. Luke chapter 10, the rich young ruler. What's the one thing you, de- you should desire above everything else? And then last week, one thing I know, John chapter 9, uh, you don't have to know a lot. It's the story of the, the man born blind. You don't have to know a lot about Jesus to share what he's done in your life. So today, in this final message in the series, I want to talk about One thing I do. One thing I do. Today we're going to be looking at the one thing that you and I can do that will have a positive, lasting impact on our walk with God. See, the problem with most of us is not that we don't love Jesus. We do. Our problem is not that we don't live for Him and do His work. Most of us desire to do that. Our problem is that so many times... Our time, our energy, our money, our interests are diverted into a hundred different things. And a lot of them are good. A multitude of good things that we get involved in. And somehow our commitment to Christ kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But what if there was one thing in the midst of everything that you could focus on that would change the way you live your life? Paul tells us what that one thing is in Philippians chapter 3. Would you open God's word to Philippians chapter 3? As you're turning there, let me tell you a little bit about the man who wrote the words we're about to read. Paul, when he wrote these words in Philippians chapter 3, had been a Christian for roughly 30 years. That's a long time to walk with the Lord. Been a Christian for roughly 30 years. He had been on at least three missionary journeys taking the gospel Uh, to the world, planting churches across the world. And when he wrote these words that we're about to read, Paul was actually in prison in Rome when he wrote these words down. And he was in prison not because he did anything wrong, he was in prison because he was preacher of the gospel. But in spite of the years that had passed and all that he had been through, what we're going to read in just a moment will show you that Paul was still passionate about his relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to imagine for just a moment, if you and I had the opportunity to sit down with Paul and say, Paul, what's your secret? What what, what is that one piece of advice that you would give me that could help me to live my life the way you've lived yours? What's your secret? What's that one thing that, that I could do that would make a difference in my life like it's made a difference in yours? And that's what Paul tells us in Philippians 3. He tells us the one thing that he did that made the biggest difference in his life. And here's the good news. You and I can do the same thing he did. If you're a new Christian or if you're a longtime follower of Jesus Christ, every one of us can and should do this one thing. So let's look at Philippians chapter 3. And let me show you what that one thing is. Now for context, I want to begin in verse 10. Remembering now that Paul is in prison having served the Lord known the Lord for thirty, roughly 30 years, listen to these words and the passion in these words, beginning in verse 10. I want to know Christ 
and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul said, my desire is still to know Christ. To know Christ personally and to know Christ powerfully. And so in verse 12, Paul makes an honest evaluation of that process that he's going through. He makes an honest evaluation of his life. And here's what he says in verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, I just read a phrase in verse 12 that's very important. You're going to see it again in verse 14. So I'd, I'd like you to go ahead and take your, bio, or your uh, pen or highlighter and mark that phrase. We're going to see it two times today. In verse 12, he uses the phrase, I press on. And in verse 14, he uses the same phrase again. I press on. Let me tell you what that phrase means. It means that I, I stay after the chase. It means that I go for it with all that I've got. It means that I don't give up. It means I don't quit. Now, you and I live in a tension, I believe, if we're honest. We live in a tension between what we've been and what we want to be. There's a tension there between what I've been and what I've done and what I want to be. Sometimes, maybe your walk with Christ has not always been easy. And Paul says, well, let me tell you one of the things that will help you with that. You still have to press on. Sometimes people won't understand your faith, but you still have to press on. Sometimes life can be very difficult. You'll be tempted to quit, but you still have to press on. Sometimes you may even question what God is doing, but you still have to press on. And then Paul tells us why he keeps pressing on. He says to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You know what he means by that? Paul says, I press on because I have a purpose in life. I want you to look at it, how he spells it out in verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You know what Paul's talking about there? He's talking about the Damascus Road experience. Acts chapter 9, when he came to faith in Christ, he was on his way to persecute the Christians, and all of a sudden in, on the Damascus Road he met Jesus, and he became a Christian. And Paul never got over that. He never forgot that. He said there was a reason that he did that. There's a reason I encountered him. There is a reason he saved me. And so I keep pressing on because I want to live out the life he had in mind for me. I want to live the life he saved me for. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul was saved for a purpose. And he said, that's the reason I keep pressing on. And I want to say something to you today. You were saved for a purpose too. One of the greatest indictments of many Christians today is not that they have fallen short of the mark, but rather that they have quit striving to reach the mark. They no longer live with a purpose. Too many Christians quit when they're 50, but we don't bury them until they're 80. They're just not living with a purpose anymore. They're living, they're just not living with a purpose anymore. I would say to you today, if you're not dead, you're not done. God still has a purpose for your life. The Living Bible translates verse 12 this way. I keep working towards that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. I love that translation. I keep working for that day. I keep pressing on when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for. I press on, Paul says, because I've got a purpose. I want to be all that He saved me to be. 
And then in verse 14, go skip down to verse 14. He uses that phrase, I press on again. It says in verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In verse 12, he says, I press on because I have a purpose. In verse 14, Paul is saying, I press on because I have a goal. Paul's goal was that he would still be running hard when Jesus called him to heaven. Listen to me. Everybody look up here for just a moment. I want to tell you something about your pastor. And I hope this is true of you too. I want to hit the finish line running hard. I don't want to sit down and wait to go to heaven. I want to be running hard when I step into heaven. And that's what Paul means here when he says, look at verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now don't be misled by that phrase, to win the prize. Paul was not saying, I'm hoping I'm earning my salvation. I'm hoping I've done enough to get to heaven. That's not what he's saying at all. But Paul was saying, listen, I know that I'm heaven bound and because I'm heaven bound, I can't wait to get there. And I keep living for that day. I keep pressing on because when I get there, when I finally step into heaven, I want to be hitting that tape hard when I'm running across the finish line. Paul's goal could be your goal and mine. But can I remind you of something? It's not always easy to keep pressing on, is it? Life sometimes can get pretty hard. Can I get a witness? Life can sometimes get pretty hard. Adversity is a part of life. There's no way to escape it. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way around it. But Paul said, but I press on for that heavenward calling. And if Paul had any reason, if anybody had any reason to quit, it would have been Paul. If you read the book of Acts and see all that he went through, all the adversity that he faced, all the trials that were his. But Paul says, but I've got this goal. And the goal is, yes, life is hard. Yes, things are difficult. Yes, I've had some bad situations, but I keep pressing on because I don't want to quit, because I want to be running hard when I cross the finish line. Anybody watch the the Clemson-Miami game last night? Alright? I I got to watch a little bit of it. Not a lot, but a little bit. And, And I was watching, I think it was in the third quarter. Did you see that shot that Trevor Lawrence took to the gut? Where the Miami player put his helmet and just drove his helmet into his gut? Man, I tell you what, he got hit hard. He was laying there in pain. And you probably were thinking, I hope he gets up because the championship is on the line. You you know what your preacher was thinking? I was thinking, that's a pretty good picture of life. We all get hit in the gut sometimes. Death. Divorce. Bankruptcy. Cancer, wayward child, alcoholic relative. We're all going to get hit in the gut one time or another. Paul took a shot to the gut lots of times. Again, all you have to do is read the book of Acts and you'll see so many times that he got hit with imprisonment and with beatings and run out of town and falsely accused. He, he continually was, was hit in the gut. But, but here's his testimony. He said, but but I never quit. And here's the reason. He says, I press on toward the goal to the prize for which God has called me where, church? Heavenward. In Christ Jesus. You know why Paul never quit? 
the destination gave him the determination to keep going. I was thinking this week about uh, when Lisa and I were dating eons ago. Uh, there was a time where when we were dating, I met her in college, and there was a time when, when we were dating that she was back in Maryland and, and I was in Tennessee. I'm going to tell you what, when I fell for that girl, I fell for that girl hard. And so, during that summer, she was in Maryland and I was in Tennessee. Uh, on more than one occasion, I drove up to see her. Now, something you need to know about that drive. It's about nine hours. I drove by myself. I don't like to drive long trips. But I drove. And then, it cost me a lot of money. And then when I finally would get to, she lived north of Washington, D.C. When I'd get to, to Washington, D.C. to, the, to the, what they call the Beltway, I always hit it in rush hour. And I can tell you, you don't ever want to be on the Beltway in rush hour traffic. There, there was nothing about that trip I liked. It was always, there was nothing about that drive that I liked except for one thing. The destination gave me the determination to keep going. And Paul said, you know what? There have been some hard times in my life. There have been times when I've been tempted to quit. There have been times when I've, when I've been tempted just to stop. But the destination gave him the determination to keep going. His goal was this. I press on for the goal of the heavenward calling of Christ. In other words, I'm heading to heaven and I want to be running hard when I get there. Now, I wrote in my study Bible, not in, this, not in my preaching Bible, but I wrote in my study Bible three words over this text. You might want to write it in your Bible. I wrote it with a hashtag, and here's what it is. Hashtag, never, ever quit. You summarize what Paul says with that word press on in verse 12 and in verse 14. Press on. He says, keep going, keep praying, keep trusting, keep trying. Never, ever quit. So in verse 12, Paul says, I press on because I have a purpose. God saved me and I want to live up to that purpose. Verse 14, he says, I press on because I have a goal. One day he's calling me towards heaven and I want to make sure that I'm living the way he wants me to. And then, after giving us those two things, there's a verse in the middle of all of that where Paul tells us the one thing that has made the difference in his life. The one thing that has enabled him to press on What's that one thing, Paul, that enabled you to live the way you lived? What's that one thing that enabled you to do all that you did? Paul says, brothers, and if I could put in parentheses, and sisters. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet. I like that word, yet. I'm not there yet, but I'm still going. I'm not there yet, but I'm still trying. I'm not there yet, but I'm still going after it. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Now watch this. Here's the one thing. But one thing I do, underline that please, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. This is the one thing that you and I can do. This is the one thing that will make our lives different. This is the one thing that might set some of you free. 
This is the one thing that may help some of you get back on track. This is the one thing that could really change the way you live your life. It was the one thing that made the difference in Paul's life. He, he says here, I focus on, I, I kind of chuckled because when he said one thing, I thought this week about Lisa in my mind again. He said, he said I, uh, there's one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I thought that's two things. But it's really just two sides of the same coin. So he says, this is what I focus on. First of all, forgetting what is behind. Paul concentrated, write this on your notes, Paul concentrated on releasing the past. One of the biggest barriers to serving Jesus today is our unwillingness to release the things that happened yesterday. Paul understood that if you don't let go of the past, you can't focus on what God has in store for you in the future. But how do you forget, Pastor? How do you forget something so horrific? How do you forget something so painful? How do you forget something that I regret so much? How, how do you forget? Well, let me tell you something. The word forget in the Bible does not mean to erase your memory. You and I will never be able to do that. You cannot totally erase it from your memory. But the Bible uses the word forget to mean basically this. To stop remembering. Forget. Stop remembering. In other words, it means to no longer be affected by those memories. To no longer water those memories. To make a conscious effort to no longer let the past affect you. To forget means that with God's help, you're not going to let the past control you. With God's help, you're not going to let the past have power over you anymore. With God's help, you're not going to let the past manipulate you anymore. You can look at the past and you can learn from the past, but you don't need to live there. Paul says, so I'll focus on forgetting some things. Let me suggest three things that all of us need to forget. One of those is we need to forget our failures. I've done some things and you've done some things that perhaps you would like to erase, but we can't. However, listen to me church, we can be forgiven, can't we? First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I really believe, listen to me, I really believe one of Satan's favorite tools is to paralyze us with our past by manipulating our memories. Nothing you ever did in your past can be undone. No tears, no regrets, self-pity, or it's none of that's going to change your past. The past is past. It's over. And you can't do anything about it. And we need to, as Paul says here, forgetting what is behind. It doesn't mean that you don't deal with the sin of your past or the, your failures, but you deal with it, then you leave it there. Forgetting your failures, also forgetting your hurts. When you focus on those who have hurt you, you're focusing on your past. And they still have control over you. Make a decision to let go of those grudges you're holding. Make a decision to let go of your anger. Make a decision to let go of your bitterness. Make a decision to let go of that person who has hurt you, even though they don't deserve it. Forgive them and move on. If you're so focused on the past hurts, and it's consuming all the energy in, in your present, how are you ever going to have a good future? If you're so focused on your past hurts, and it's consuming the energy of your present life. How in the world are you ever going to have a good future? Paul says, here's the secret. 
forgetting what is behind, forgetting my failures, forgetting my hurts. But listen to this, also forgetting my successes. We're really good at remembering our successes when really we need to let them go. It's so easy, church, to live on our past accomplishments and lose our passion for Jesus. It's so easy to look back at what we used to do and feel good about that and lose our passion for serving Jesus today. Too many Christians feel like they've done their part and they've run their race when in reality they've quit on God. They don't serve the Lord like they used to, but they keep pointing back to the past when they used to do that. Don't let your memories be a substitute for serving God today. Don't focus on what you've done for God. Focus on what there is still you can do for God. So Paul says, here's what I do. I, here's the secret. The secret is I forget what's in my past. I forget my, I forget my failures. I forget my... My hurts, I forget my successes. And boy, if anybody had some successes, it was Paul, wasn't it? Just forgetting what's in the past. Then he says, here's the other thing. Straining toward what is ahead. Would you notice that word straining in your text? Straining indicates there'll be some days it won't be easy to do this. There'll be some days you're going to have to really lean into this. There'll be some days when you're going to want to look behind you. There'll be some days when somebody will try to remind you of what's behind you. There'll be some days when you'll be distracted and you have to strain toward what is ahead. You have to be focused on what is ahead. But let me tell you something. Listen to this. And if you don't get anything else, get this. The things that God wants to do in your life are all in front of you, not behind you. That's why he says, look what he says in the text. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Listen, if Satan can keep you looking back, he can keep you from moving forward. What's the one thing you need to let go of so that you can move forward in life? You need to let go of your hurt? Do you need to let go of your failure? Do you need to let go of your successes? What's that one thing that you need to let go of so that you can move forward in life? Imagine how your life would be different if you said, this is going to be my philosophy from here on out. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Because you see, I'm reminded of what God says in the book of Isaiah. Behold, I'm about to do a new thing in your life. Do you believe God still got something He wants to do in your life? Do you believe God still has something He wants to do with your life? Paul did. 30 years into following Jesus. When he could have sat back and looked at his memories and said, I've done a lot. 30 years into following Jesus. When he could have looked back and said, people have hurt me drastically. 30 years after following Jesus. Paul said, here's my secret. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead because everything God wants to do in my life and with my life is in front of me, not behind me. Now, I wonder what God might have in store for you. I wonder what God might have in your future. And, and you'll never know unless you do this one thing. Unless you do this one thing, you'll be stuck in the past. 
whether it's past failures, past hurts, or past successes. And unless you do this one thing, you're not going to be hitting that finish line, running strong at the end. This one thing could make a difference in the way you live your life. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. You break the power of the past by living for the future. Living for Jesus. I don't want to ask you to bow your heads with me for a moment. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I want you to listen to this verse one more time. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. For some of you, there is that one thing. It's like, if you could just forget that one thing, you'll be able to move forward. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. God has something in store for you. God wants to work in your life and He wants to work through your life. And God doesn't want to stop that until the day you step into heaven. God wants to continue to work in your life and continue to work through your life. Will you say to Him today, God, today I want this to be my philosophy. Today, I'm just going to forget what is behind. The good and the bad. The successes and the failures. I'm going to forget what is behind and I'm going to strain toward what is ahead because I believe you still have more for me to do. I'm going to strain for what is ahead because I believe you have a calling and a purpose and a goal for my life. You saved me and I know you saved me and I want to live out the reason you saved me all the way until I get to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, may that be our desire, may that be our goal, may that be our purpose. May we live our lives in such a way that Jesus is honored and glorified through it all. And may we live in such a way that we finish strong at the end. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.